Well, hey guys, welcome to the Access Podcast. I'm here with Bethany. Go ahead and say what's up, Bethany. What's up, y'all? And I'm here with my friend Nate Vandenhook, who just recently accepted a position on staff here at Res. Go ahead and say what's up, Nate. Hey, guys. Nate, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what you do here at Res. Yeah, so I just came on board in the IT department, so I do computer stuff. Uh, that's like the broad term, but more technically, uh, help desk is like the specific title. So if someone has an issue, notify the help desk, and then I'd be like the first responder. First responders. Yeah. So you deal with the, did you unplug it? Did you plug it back in and <laughs> turn it on or off? It depends. There's some actually pretty smart people um, and some pretty helpful people that have already started stuff and said, hey, I think this is an issue. This might be a solution. What do you think? And so it's been really nice to see that like a lot of people are team players and, and we're working as a team. So Yeah, absolutely. Or we have a lot of people moving offices in the church right now. So I always contact Nate. It's like, hey, I need to unplug my whole computer setup. Can you come and help me replug it all in? Because there's about 15 million cords and I have no idea where they go. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. the cord spaghetti under our desks. We need to fix ours. It's but rough. <laughs> we thank, thank the Lord that we have people like Nate to help us yes. with our information technology difficulties. But Nate, how did you get into IT? Yeah, so I was really close. I would say close. Uh, I really enjoyed talking with my 10th grade geometry teacher. So she was really cool. Probably one of my favorite teachers ever. She just signed up to start a computer science or programming class. at. uh, I went to Hudsonville. And so she said, hey, Nate, you want to try out this class? Let me know what you think. I got my degree in computer science in like 1997. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to follow the program and see how it goes. <laughs> and so basically the reason she asked me was, A, we had built a little bit of a relationship, and then B, she thought I might be interested. So fast forward to that next trimester, because we were in trimesters at that point, and I was still, my, I think it's my 10th sophomore year. And so um, I did the course, and I ended up absolutely enjoying every minute of it. So... I then fast forward about a year or so, my senior year of high school, I dual enrolled at Grand Valley and at Hudsonville. So like at Hudsonville, I got done at noon, which was awesome. And then three days a week, I would take a college course that the school partially covered. And then I covered the other part of it. Then it was an intro into programming. And then that class was really like the spearhead in what I really enjoyed programming um, and computer science. And I was like, this is awesome. I like it. Um, and so I pursued that for quite some time. And then in between there is where a lot of like my relationship with the Lord started to grow. And as I spent time with him, I felt like I really wanted to go into ministry. And so I decided to do the discipleship program here. And then after the discipleship program, um, or even in the discipleship program, I was doing computer science and I was doing the discipleship program at the same time and really felt like I wanted to transition out of computer science into doing, at least focusing on the discipleship program. So I stopped Grand Valley halfway through the discipleship program just to focus on what we were learning. And then from there, I was really feeling like I was being called into ministry. So that's where I wanted to go. And fast forward about a year later, I realized that you don't necessarily have to have a title to be in ministry. It's more of a heart that you carry. Mm -hmm. And so I want to do both. And then fast forward, maybe six, seven months later, I wound up here doing ministry and IT. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, congrats, dude. Thank you. Yeah, we're just we're so happy to have you here, honestly. Um, when did you start coming to res? Uh, before I could breathe, really, because my parents were my parents came here, and then when I was born, I kind of came here because that's who I was with, and then um, 
I stayed here ever since. However, I really wasn't super involved like in any of the youth or um, any of like the nursery. I'm, I enjoyed staying with my parents. I was actually a really shy kid, believe it or not. And um, I really wanted to stay in like the main sanctuary with my with my parents. So nice. I was there. But I've been at res for a very long time. Since the womb. Yeah. In, yes, literally in L- the womb you were here. Literally. <laughs> literally, not even metaphorically. No. Well, awesome, man. Well, I'm going to give you the floor, Nate, to just kind of tell us your story. Um, Go ahead and mm-hmm. tell us, you know, what life was like for you pre-Christ, pre your redemption journey mm-hmm. and uh, whatever your story is. I'm really excited to hear what you got to say. Yeah. I think before I start to, I want to say to anyone who's like listening, like, I want you to know that the only way that I'm on a podcast like this is because God moved in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage you guys too that God can move in your life too. This is not because I'm so great. It's because God's so great and God's so good and he moved and he can move in your guys' life too um, in many ways. But to answer your question, um, yeah, so I was here. I was shy as a kid. Funny, I'm not as shy anymore. <laughs> um, so I was in the church and um, I would, I'd would come to my parents and, and sit in the main sanctuary with them as we talked about earlier. Um, but I always had like this just like fear of people. And so I, that's partially what drew me just to sit with my parents and not be a part of like the youth and things. And um, as I got a little bit older, it got to get a little bit better, but not really. Um, even when I was really young, like I didn't even really like to talk with my grandparents as much. Like I just wanted to be at home. I was content, but then outside of there, I just didn't really know like how to function. And so I got saved when I was 12. I asked my dad, <clears throat> like, after Pastor Dwayne gave an altar call, I asked my dad, like, what's going on? Like, what's this all about? And he explained it to me. And he said, um, basically talking about how you invite Jesus in your heart. And so I was like, well, I want a part of that too. So my dad actually had to lead me to Christ on the couch when I was only 12 years old, which was really cool. Um, and that's when I say, like, I, I accepted Jesus as my Savior, but I really didn't get to know the Lord. And I think um, between 12 and 18 was a journey of I was still kind of growing in who I was, but I still had that shy aspect to me. Um, and, it, and it got better and it grew. Um, but I was still decently shy. Um, and, and on the inside, I really didn't know who I was. I could kind of figure out how to, to make it by. You know, you ask the general questions like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you? You know, and mm-hmm. you kind of get the I could I could ace the shallow level questions by far. I could probably do it in my sleep. But when it was like deeper questions, I may not have had the answer to those. Um, most likely wouldn't. So from, let's say, fast forward until, mm, actually it was right around that same time. So later on that year, uh, when I was told my parents got divorced. And so it was me and my little brother. Um, and in that moment, I remember uh, my brother is about five years younger than me, so he must have been like eight or so. Um, but I remember in that moment that I knew what it meant, and so I remember I was crying. And when my saw my brother, my brother saw me cry, and so he started crying because I was crying. And I remember in that moment, I didn't really realize it, but I made this like vow in my heart that like I was going to be strong for my brother and like I was going to help take care mm-hmm. of him. And so that led to a lot of like internalizing a lot of my emotions and didn't really help that I also was shy on top of that. So I didn't have a whole lot of like people to talk to about it. Not that my parents weren't available. They actually were really good about like wanting to talk, but 
I just really didn't know how to share. Um, so then a few years later, my mom was working and we heard about this guy that my mom was friends with who now is my stepdad. But this is a cool story for just how the Lord works in many different ways. And we heard about this guy who had some kids that played Minecraft. And that was me and my brother's jam when we were that <laughs> age. I was probably 15. Um, and so we ended up starting playing Minecraft with these other guys. And we had no idea that it'd eventually be our brothers. But we were playing with them for about a year. And as my stepdad and my mom got to know each other more and then got engaged and then got married. It was really cool to see how God actually like used a video game to kind of build some of our family. And now I have two other brothers on top of the one I had before. So I've got three other brothers. I'm one of four right now. Um, and it was kind of cool to see how that all happened. But my mom got me married and um, I eventually, I guess when I turned about 18 years old, I was talking to my mom one day and I said, hey, mom, I want to go check out Access at Res. And it was kind of funny because my mom was like, whoa, this is wild. And you didn't want to go into any of the youth. You didn't want to go into any other things. She didn't say that, but she was like, okay, go for it. So I ended up going to Access for the first time. And that was when I really felt like the Lord spoke to my heart during the song. It was uh, actually the first time I ever played Reckless Love at Access. So this was a little bit ago. Wow. I know. That was a hot second ago. Yeah, yeah. And... uh and they played that song. It was in the chorus. We're talking about the reckless love of God. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me. And he said, I created you to recklessly love my people. Will you follow me? And I cried because I had like, I didn't know really how to know what that meant. But I knew that it was like the Lord speaking to me. And I knew that it impacted me a lot. And so from then on, it changed from I knew about the Lord to I knew the Lord. And I not only had Jesus as my savior, but I also wanted to pursue a relationship with Jesus. And I think that was where a lot of my life started to transform. It was in that like active participating in seeking in seeking the Lord. Um, and I realized that it wasn't just knowing that Jesus covers my sins. It wasn't just knowing that Jesus forgave me. It's not just that Jesus redeemed my life. It's not that and like those things are all true, but the place that healing happens is when you continue to pursue him and be in a relationship with him. It's as you draw near to him. His word says that he promises to draw near to you. And it's in that relationship that brought healing into my life. And so from then 18 to um, 18 on, I started getting really plugged into access. Um, and that's really what led me to eventually start the discipleship program. And, um, that's really where I felt like the Lord moved the most in my life. And I was able to kind of figure out more of who I was on the inside. And I was able to start answer those deeper questions that I wasn't able to answer before, especially like the questions of like, who are you? And it helped me to step out and I became less and less shy to the point of where I started realizing who I was and then I felt free to be me. Um, and I think like, I think it's easy to look at other people and to compare yourself um, and that was something that I did quite a bit, especially because I was like, man, like how do all these people like have something that I don't like, I recognized as they had, like when I, when I felt shy, like I recognized they had something that I didn't, but I really wasn't able to verbalize. And I think that was freedom. I think it was just simply like the fact that when you're in relationship with Jesus and you come to know him and you're in relationship with him, like there's this freedom that happens. It says in the word, like when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We've all heard that before, but I think that's really true as you pursued God and as you're in relationship with him, 
you really do become free. So that's sort of like my overarching story. And then I guess from 18 to 22 where I am now, that's sort of why I've gotten access to the discipleship program and eventually ended up here. Yeah, man. What was it, what was it like in your interacting with people and, and just, I guess living, cause you're, you said you really internalized, um, like a lot of your feelings and emotions with, I, which I can relate with, sorry, which I can relate with. So you're almost like just this shell of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, at that point. So what was it like, um, interacting with people and just being you from that state? Like you, you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. even communicating and hanging out with who are the people who are now your brothers. What was mm-hmm. that like for you and what maybe stresses or anxieties did you have about, you know, not being able to really communicate fully, I guess, who you are in those realms with people. Hmm. So what was it like, like not being shy and not really being complete really, or not knowing what it meant to, to be myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if I were to think of words that first come to my mind, um, I would say empty would probably be one of them. Um, and just the sense that I felt like I wasn't coming from a place that was me. Like I didn't really know it was me. Like if I were to share my opinions or my thoughts, like I wasn't super confident in them because it was mostly based on what I heard other people say or what I thought might be a good idea. But I really didn't know like what I believed. And I really didn't know if it really came from me deep down. Mm-hmm. I might not have verbalized that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I shared an idea and someone else had another idea, I'm like, oh, well their idea is probably better. So I'll just, I'll just go with theirs. Um, Cause you know, they might, that might be a better idea than mine. Cause I really didn't know if it was really me that was saying those things or was it just other people or, or that kind of thing. So it was almost like a confusion, but mostly just empty and kind of trying to fill the, the void with whatever I could. So yeah. it's, it seems so subtle, but I think a lot of people will be able to relate to it because it's so powerful when we don't, when we don't understand like who we are or we just try to repress like everything, mm-hmm. you know, we really don't have any conviction. Like I've, I've experienced the same thing and there's really no like basis to, like judge anything by because you're just lost and so everything that comes in is just kind of thrown into this abyss of nothing that is you Mm -hmm. you know I've definitely felt that way before so going through I'm interested to see like what do you feel like really drew you to access Mm -hmm. like why did you want to come all of a sudden I really think it was the Holy Spirit leading me and putting the desire in my heart because there is no way I would have come up with that on my own (laughs) that was not a me thing you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. um I really think it was the Holy Spirit leading me and, and part of all the Holy Spirit's leading, right, is we need to be responsive to him. And I didn't really, I wasn't able, again, I had no idea what was going on, but I was like, I have this desire. I'm going to go for it. And I feel like that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit can communicate is putting desires in our hearts. And part of us as Christians, as we learn to be in a relationship with the Holy Spirit is like learning how to respond to him. And that's like our responsibility, right? We don't have to come up with the idea, but we do get to respond to, to where he's leading and where he's calling. So I think that was like what spurred me to go. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. What was it? Tell us about, unless Bethany, you have anything to ask. Go what for was it. it? Tell us about like the journey that you took, you know, coming to Axis, hearing God's voice really impactful for mm-hmm. maybe one of the first times. And yeah. then um, the journey that you took through the discipleship program and just um, growing with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think these words are just <laughs> coming to mind right now. But I think if I were to verbalize what I felt in that moment when I felt like the Lord spoke to me, I think it was that I knew he cared for me. Like he had a plan for me. Like he knew who I was. Mm. Um, I wasn't able to figure out like who is, who am I? What's my opinion? What's my thought? And I think in that moment, it was almost like he communicated, like, I care. I see you. Like, I know who you are. 
And I think that was probably the most me I've ever felt. Um, and so can you reiterate the question again? I completely forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just <laughs> from that point, tell us about what your journey of growing closer to the Lord looked like. That's what it was. <laughs> okay. So um, the journey was being around people that had a relationship with Jesus. I think that was probably one of the biggest things is at that time we had table groups. Mm. And so getting connected with people um, was probably one of a really great way. Another way that I think uh, I was able to go closer with the Lord was um, putting myself in a consistent schedule of like coming to a pl- like church. I had gone to the main service, but I really didn't get connected. And so when I had that connection at Access, I felt like there was people that I could talk with that I could run life with. And I think that was a really great way that I actually learned how to be in a relationship with the Lord. Um, ministry can happen a lot in fellowship for sure. And it yeah. can bring a lot of like emotional healing to a lot of people. And I think I was probably one of them. Um, another way was definitely like in the secret place too of actually like getting in the word. Cause I really never read the word too much. I knew like John three sixteen. I could quote that one. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other ones that I could know what the verse was, but I didn't know where it was found. Mm-hmm. And so um, a lot of it was opening up the word and really figuring out like, what is, what does Jesus have to say? Like, what do, what does being a Christian really mean? And then from there, I think that's where a lot of, a lot of that pursuing the Lord stemmed from. Yeah. Going from a little bit before you mentioned comparison and how it's so easy for us to compare to other people and also mentioning how you were very shy and very quiet. The transition to access is not always a quiet one. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people, there's a lot of community. <laughs> what was that transition like mm-hmm. for you? Because oftentimes I can speak from my own experience being a very introverted person. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of overcoming saying, I really don't want to go, but I'm being obedient to Holy Spirit. What did that look like for you mm-hmm. from being not in community to being surrounded by Christ followers? Mm-hmm. Good question. I will say the thing that kept me there was the fact that God moved in my life and I wanted more. Mm. So that's what, what brought me here. Um, when I was here, I did have a little bit of experience being with a lot of people. Uh, the reason I say that is because I was homeschooled up until like ninth grade. Then I went to a private school for a year, which closed down. And then I went to Hudsonville. So it was a class of one to a class of 27 to graduating with 443 people. So that was like, I was used to a crowd because I had like went by them whenever the bell went off. Like you would go through this place called the Four Corners where it turned like almost in like a mosh pit of people like going (laughs) to each direction because four hallways kind of merged together. Actually, it was two hallways, but there was either ends. But it was so like I was used to being around people, yeah. but I didn't really know like how to have that deep relationship. Yeah, because that, that that's very different from being around people, like knowing people, but then having people actually know you and being in a place of vulnerability and growth. Yeah, like if someone asked me, hey, what are you wording the word lately? I'd be like, hum, hum. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't know how to answer those yeah. like deeper ones. So I think a lot of it, to be honest, was being in like a table group and just like listening. And having peop- other people being intentional, like asking me and helping me be a part of pulling me into their group was probably another way that I got connected. I mean, I ended up meeting a really close friend. Um, I don't know how exactly we got connected, but uh, me and a buddy Spencer got connected and we mm-hmm. became really close. And we actually went to a conference called Power and Love. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to that together as a group. And that's what really like formed a really close-knit like inner circle for me. And that was really rock solid. That was really nice. Um, and I, that, again, was just another way that when you go through uh, 
when you go through certain experiences with other people that builds relationship, right? Because when I thought of relationship, sometimes I thought of like, let's go sit and have coffee and let's talk. And that's one way you can get to know somebody, but another way is to share experiences together. Mm -hmm. And since we shared four days of like heart-wrenching, Lord pouring out his spirit, like uh, just amazing teaching and a lot of really minding, heartbreaking material that we went over. It was really transformational for our lives. Um, When you go through that together and have people, like people to process what happened, that's what really formed some really deep relationships for us. And I think that was another thing that helped me stay at access as well and feel connected and get connected was having like one person that was like my dude. He was my buddy. He was Mm -hmm. my inner circle friend. And uh, I think that was something that really transformed the way that I was able to transition to being at access for a very long time. Going back to what you were talking about a little bit earlier is that, that want and that hunger for more of Jesus. I want to know, because it seems like the biggest thing that you struggle with was probably like a lack of identity. Oh, completely. Knowing who you are. So tell us what it was like to kind of discover yourself and who God said you were in that secret place. Because you said that was really crucial to you. Mm -hmm. So just explain what that looked like and and how much you you grew and changed in those moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm still growing and changing, which is great because the Lord's not done. He's at work in me, both mm-hmm. to want to work for his good pleasure. So I think that's the beauty of it is I just, he started with me where I was at. And he, like, I, there was no pressure to become somebody. I just wanted to get to know him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so though that looked like, like practically, uh, especially after going to, this is just some, some memories, but um I remember like a lot of just times like on the floor, um, either like after reading some of the things in the word or after um, just some really powerful worship or some powerful teaching or powerful time of fellowship. I remember just on the floor, like weeping at like how good God is. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's what really did like the work inside my heart. Like, I don't know how else to describe it besides like the fact that I knew that I was being touched and I couldn't control it anymore. So I was crying. (laughs) And I think that also was healing as well. Um, from when I had, when I was younger and, and thinking that like I need to take care of my brother, I realized that a lot of my emotions I had internalized, um, which being lack of identity and internalizing emotions was a really bad combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tends to do that. Yeah, it's no bueno. Yeah. No bueno at all. But uh, that really helped me to like, he was that, like, I literally felt like my emotions were being touched and I didn't know how to process them. And I think that wow. helped me process my emotions and be like, okay, like the Lord cares for me. Like I'm loved. I'm, I'm made complete in him. And I know that he cares for me and I want to have more of what he's doing. Um, and so I tried to like set up a lot of consistent schedules to read the word in the morning. And for a while there, I had a summer where I was doing really good. Um, it was kind of funny though, cause if I would get up early, like pass out on the couch with like the word wide open and then I'd like wake up and be like, Oh yeah, I was reading and then like knock out <laughs> yes. again. So I, any recommendation to people like having an early schedule to like read the word, get in a spot where you're not comfortable. Cause if you get on the couch and you put the recliner up, you're bound to fall asleep. Bound to fall asleep. <laughs> At least if you're, you're me that like, it, I just get comfy and I want to stay warm. So I grab a blanket because when I wake up, I, I get cold. So I want to grab a blanket and then I prop my feet up and then I get my Bible ready. I'm like, this is awesome. And I get like halfway <laughs> through and then I'm out. <laughs> yeah, Four verses in and you just. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. 
Um, but I think that was probably the, one of the, another big way was just reading the word and, and knowing what God has to say. So, because it's a big difference from hearing someone say the word and actually experiencing that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely. And him teaching it, right? Mm-hmm. Like the word in John 1 1, where it says, like the word in the beginning was the word and the word was God. Um, we get the part of reading scripture as the word, but I also think we need to be in a relationship with the word, the word meaning Jesus. And so, if you really want to know what the word means, get in a relationship with Jesus and he will teach you what the word really means. So, when he says, love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. Like we might think we know what that means, but as we get in a relationship with Jesus, the word, he will teach us what that really means. And then we're able to know like, oh, that's what you mean. And it, it's hard to explain, but I feel like it's almost like he teaches your heart or he teaches you and you know it in your heart and not necessarily, you might not even be able to verbalize it. Sometimes you can, and it's a great way that you can share with other people, but sometimes you just, you just know. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to know. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. You're smart. You're smart. He's so smart. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful, man. Um, I was going to ask you, like, how do you see the Lord, like, working through that, Mm. like, instilling identity into you? And how do you see yourself, like, taking that to the world? Like, Mm -hmm. taking that intimate relationship with him. And, like, now that you know who you are, what does that look like for you just walking out Mm -hmm. your life of faith? Yeah, I think brokenness surrounds us. Like, we're born into really just a broken world. And without Jesus, it's you're bound to fall short in some way. All have fallen short of the glory of God. So like in some way, shape, or form, without knowing Jesus, you're gonna be broken in some in some way, shape, uh, or form. And I think part of just being able to go into the world knowing that God's done a work in me and that He's made me complete and I'm now whole. I think that in and of itself is a way that I can go and share. And and I think sometimes that's in practical ways and people just realize like, what's up with you? Like, why are you happy all the time? Or why are you, and it doesn't have to be happy, but like, why are like, what's so different about you? Like people know when there's something different about you. I don't know how else to explain it, but they just, they know, like you have a joy about you. You actually feel like, you know what you're talking about. Like you're not just an empty blob of nothing you actually have something to share and sometimes they don't know how to put words to it but I think I think people can know when you have Jesus inside you and so I think part of the way that I can share is is just simply telling about Jesus and that has not always been easy and something that I'm working through is is like being bold because mm. the word says that the righteous are as bold as a lion um, and that when we share the gospel it's to be shared boldly yeah. and so that's something that I'm working through actually right now is like, how do I go about sharing like the testimony of Jesus boldly and, and being able to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Cause in some times, like when I was especially um, in public places, I would have it where like, I'd be pretty darn uh, t- not terrified, but I was like, like, I don't really know if I want to do this right now. I don't know if I want to share. I feel like I should share with this person, yeah. but I really don't know if I want to. And I think that's, like that's something that I'm currently working on is is wanting to share. Like I want to yes. share about the good news because we all know that uh, the world does not have a whole lot of good news right now to share, but we have we yeah. have good news and it, the good news doesn't change. So. Yeah, it's that it's that feeling where where your spirit is screaming out to share, and we just need to get past all of our our pride and our fear of embarrassment and just saying, "Okay, Holy Spirit, guide me." Mm-hmm. Let me be obedient to your voice regardless of my comfort level right now mm-hmm. and strive for that, you know, resting in the righteousness of Christ. Mm-hmm. 
and having that boldness. Yeah, I'm 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 in that process too. I think I think I can speak for Alec. I think Alex in that process too. I think <laughs> yeah. we're all in that process. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's just it's funny to see because me and you went through the the discipleship program together and and just now like knowing you through like this whole process and afterward it's it's awesome to see because i didn't really know you beforehand but mm-hmm. the, the, the entire time that i've known you i feel like you've been very outgoing and you know going past those like those really shallow questions like we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier it's like you had this great journey of being the person who could ace the shallow questions to now being the person who's asking the intimate questions Dude, i and, love <laughs> those yeah exactly it's just, it's just so cool to see that see that growth in you you know it just makes me proud to be Mm -hmm. a brother i just i love it man um Mm -hmm. you know going through everything that you've gone through as we close out here Mm -hmm. um what would be one or two things or maybe just one if you got one Mm -hmm. um for someone who is maybe in your position or walking through the same journey or one similar to yours what would you want to say or get uh to that person Mm -hmm. or give any advice as we close out i'll say two things uh the first thing would be I think sometimes when we as Christians talking about sharing the gospel, we feel like this big weight of like, I need to share and it needs to be perfect. It needs to be like a five point bold message. I need to have court verses and quotes and I need to be prepared to lead them through the Lord's prayer. I need to be able to explain to them all of Christian theology. Like we have like, I don't know. I, at least I think this way sometimes. Oh yeah. 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 And I think, I think what I would say is an encouragement to those that want to share their story, no matter where you're at or what God's done. Um, I would just simply say, start with what you know and share that. Like we share your story with people. Like people relate to your story. People relate to what God does in your life. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like a message, but just sharing like, hey, I was here and now I'm not because God moved in my life mm-hmm. and he can move in your life too. Um, I think that'd be like an encouragement that I would share. Um, that reminds me of a, a quote. It says, uh, find out what God would have you do and do that little well for what is great and what is small only God can tell. And, and simply just saying that, you know, if you're faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with the much. So find out what God will have you do and do it because ultimately he will be the one to reward you and he'll be able to one that will tell you when you stand before him on that one, one day when he comes, um, he'll be the one that says, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's what we all really need to hear. Um, but to those that might not necessarily be able to write, relate with um, saying or having the wordage of saying like I'm free or um, maybe somebody who's thinking, I don't know about all this. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm I'm getting there, but not sure. Um, I would just say find somebody that you trust and share that with them. Um, especially if they're a believer, um, I would I would share with somebody you trust and somebody that believes in Christ, and just share with them what's going on. I think I think when you're vulnerable with other people and in fellowship, um, just sharing like, hey man, if I'm really honest right now, like I don't I don't really know who I am. And that can sometimes be a really humble place to be, but I think that's the place that God can meet us, um, either through a friend or through a pastor or through uh, a mentor or a father figure. It can be anybody. Um, and, and even if you wanted to go in your bedroom and just get before the Lord and just say, God, like, I want to know who you are. Like, I want to know you. Will you, will you show me who you are? I think sometimes we think like when we pray to God, it needs to be like formal and there's times for that. Um, and there's times to, to stand on promises and, uh, 
to fight what's going on and knowing like, man, this is a lie and I hate this and I want the truth. And there's times for that, but there's also times to just get vulnerable and say, God, like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, I'm not even really sure if you're there maybe, but I know, I know your word says you are like, can you show me? Can you reassure me? Like, can you help me? And I think, I think if you're willing to humble yourself and put words to those emotions and put words to what you're feeling, I think that'll bring a lot of healing. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Hair down, makeup off. Don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to what you said, like healing can happen within the context of relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's with God or with people, God uses his people just as much, you know, he loves to use his people. So I love that, man. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank Mm -hmm. you for being here. Mm -hmm. Bethany, thanks for tagging along. Absolutely. Um, We hope you guys enjoyed and learned something from this. I know I did. It's been a great experience having you here, Nate. Thank you again. And we will see you next time on the Access Podcast.